The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. No, Paul, just as an aside here, your nickname is very appropriate for today's episode. We, for anyone who doesn't check the title of the podcast before listening, we are as a species returning to the moon it's been a it's been a huge dream um about 21 million americans are convinced it never happened right correct so take that with a grain of salt uh we have some uh recent developments here in 2019 that were a long time in the making humanity's study of the moon dates back way before recorded history. And it was only as recently as the 1960s, again, if you believe the official story, that we actually managed to send bona fide, genuine human beings to the lunar surface. And then after a few manned moon missions, we just stopped. Yeah, we were done. We found everything we needed to find. Um, you know, the the castles and extraterrestrial moon bases on there were kept under wraps successfully. So, yeah, we didn't need to do anything else. And the mainstream narrative, of course, would be the tremendous uh, cost involved with every moon launch uh, in across every imaginable industry you could think of. But still, we can understand how it seems strange to achieve something so breathtaking and then just stop. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So this situation – seemed uh, set to be the new normal, that we would forever be in a in a near-Earth orbit limbo, right? We'd have tons of spy satellites. We'd have those things that can drop what – what is it? A rod, like a titanium rod? Have you guys heard of these? No. Yeah. It, 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 like a rail gun? It would just drop a rod from space onto a target and would hit with such enormous force that it would – it would be like a nuclear bomb. Yeah, it's a rail bomb. That's that's scary. Yeah. So it would just detonate on impact. I don't know. It wouldn't detonate. Doesn't, yeah. It wouldn't detonate at all. It would just it wreck shop. Yeah, it would just knock the heck out of something. Yeah, yeah. dude. And well, yeah, it is weird to think that humans have stayed in that near Earth orbit 
for all this time. Mm-hmm. If people go into space, it's right outside. And yeah, and it's uh, it's very bad for you to live in uh, such low gravity, right? But be that as it may, aside from the few experiments that we had ongoing, and don't get us wrong, folks, these are amazing, innovative things. The International Space Station is one of the most important structures humanity has ever built. Uh, But it looked like that was going to be it for us, that we were just going to be caught in this cosmic purgatory until the situation began to change, especially in January of 2019, when China announced that it had successfully landed a probe on the far side of the moon, or, you know, we, we sometimes call it the dark side. Far side of the moon is the hemisphere that never faces us. We're not on speaking terms with it due to the moon's rotation. Sometimes we call it the dark side of the moon because that sounds, let's be honest, incredibly cool. But it receives just as much sunlight as the side that faces us. Oh, that what? That just destroys all of my oh, sorry, beliefs. Pink Floyd. What a letdown. I know. Pink Floyd lied to us. <laughs> they did. They did. Oh, man. As my mother would say, they didn't let the truth stand in the way of a good story or concept album. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. Uh, so what are, what are the facts about this thing? It, this probably popped up in most people's news feeds, but what actually happened? Well, it's part of something called the Chang'e program, and it's been going on for quite a while now. But the the Chang'e 4, the the fourth, I guess, uh, phase of this program, it it achieved the the first soft landing on the dark side of the moon on January 3rd, 2019. That's this year, not that long ago, actually. And um, what, what was this thing? Is that what you're asking? What was this? Well, it was a relay satellite, uh, a lunar lander, and a rover named Yutu-2. Isn't that fun? Y-U-T-U. Yeah, exactly. Which has the amazing translation of Jade Rabbit. Yeah, Second Jade (laughs) Rabbit. Yeah. Well, and Yutu, this Jade Rabbit, is actually a pet to Chang'e, which was a goddess, a moon goddess, Mm -hmm. or is the moon goddess, I guess. Yeah, in Chinese mythology. So we see it's three different components, right? Uh, First, they have to get the relay satellite up there. That is step one because direct communication with Earth is impossible on the far side of the moon because there's an entire moon in the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an issue. So communications have to hit this relay satellite and it's placed in a location that has a clear view of the landing area and planet Earth. Nice. Good planning. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, we're we're not joking at all about it, but it just – we forget maybe sometimes how much planning and ridiculous math that it takes to do any one of these things mm. and then to have all of them work in concert like this. It's an incredible feat. It boggles the mind. It is not an improv exercise for sure. On May 20th, 2018, the China National Space Administration, or SINSA, launched the Magpie Bridge relay satellite to a halo orbit around the Earth-Moon L2 point. This was the first step, and the relay satellite was based on another earlier satellite's design. Uh, We can tell you some of the stats about it uh, if you would like to hear them. First off, it's incredibly heavy. It's 937 pounds. Or for the rest of the world, 425 kilograms. It's heavy, man. <laughs> it is heavy. Even, I mean, I guess it's not heavy in space, but it seems like a, a lot to get up there, you know. Uh, and it's not that large, right? Yeah, but it does have a nice big old antenna It's that's uh, 4.2 meters or 14 feet for us. <laughs> um, and it receives, the, it receives X-band signals from the lander again, and then it sends them down to Earth. Uh, pretty cool stuff, and and I guess it can also send information the other way if need be. And the relay satellite uh, has some help up there with the form of two micro satellites, which is super cool in my opinion. It's are they itty bitty? I I don't know how itty bitty they are, but it's just a cool idea of a micro satellite working in conjunction with these. Uh, it's called the Dragon River One, Dragon River Two, or Longjiang. And um, the first one that they sent up there, Longjiang One, was unsuccessful. But the second iteration made it and is still going strong. Nice. Cute as a button. Can you imagine the Pixar stories that will spring from this? Mm. Oh, man. An anthropomorphized microsatellite yeah. sounds delightful. Oh, and the, it's, it's like a brother and sister. And they can hang yeah. out with Wall-E and that yeah. whole universe, you yeah. know? 
Oh, my gosh. And they just want to help out the rover. We have a little bit of information about the lander and the rover. But it's it's somewhat limited. As you can understand, the government wouldn't want to advertise any of the really cool spooky stuff, right? Mm. So the lander has two cameras, one for just landing and one for terrain. As a spectrometer, it has something I had not heard of, a neutron dosimeter. And perhaps most interestingly, it has something called the lunar micro ecosystem. This is so – this is – mind-blowing to me. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done experiments like this before, our species, I mean, but this is a little bit different. It's a sealed biosphere that has seeds and insect eggs, and it's meant to measure their growth and development in space. Space, space, space. And specifically on the moon. Mm -hmm. And specifically on the moon, can we grow things on the moon? Huge question. Uh, they have seeds of potatoes and a small flowering plant called Arabidopsis. Yep. You got this, Ben. <laughs> That's actually – That's that, it? I don't know. <laughs> you, you had a pregnant pause. It was the second part of the, uh, of the, of the, of the name. <laughs> I figured it was Arabidopsis speculorum. Yeah, right? No. No, no, well, that was it. Uh, I think okay. it's just right. Arabidopsis, okay. and I'm probably mispronouncing. Yeah. It was that upward inflection that like had me on the edge of my seat. It was that word was like an obstacle course that I accidentally and blindly ran through. And, and you was, got it right. Was, do you think so? We'll see. We'll, Arabidopsis. Arabidopsis. Uh, yeah, it's a small flowering plant. It belongs to the mustard family, and the insect eggs were actually silkworm cocoons. Very nice. Now, we mentioned those two cameras. You can already see uh, images. I guess it's a, a video that is just an image sequence of the lander actually landing. And it's always – I mean that's always fun to watch. And it will be scoured over by the internet just for the, for the rest, what, 50, 100 years? People, I see the pixels. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, this mission was originally scheduled for December 2015. Uh, it is meant to explore and assess this unexplored region of the moon, uh, which is near the South Pole. And the aim here is to learn more about the age of the area and then to facilitate the construction of technology needed to create a successful lunar colony. Huh? Right. We've talked about it. <gasps> We've talked about it. I cannot wait to go. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be dangerous. It's going to be not the most uh, luxurious place to live, but wouldn't you go? Would you go? Would you go to a moon colony? No. Why not? Uh, not, not unless I, like, like, not unless stuff got so bad here that it was like a, an absolute thing that was going to save my and my family's life. I, I'm a big old wimp, you guys. Not just Gotta to get in early. I was going to say, not just to visit a little bit. I don't bit. like flying to Los Angeles. It takes like five hours and, and my legs get really stiff. <laughs> uh, going to the, the moon, that just sounds like a nightmare. How uh, long would it take? Is it, do, we, do we know this? It takes about three days for a spacecraft to reach the moon. With current technology. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, F that noise. But uh, are you serious? Sorry, I'm such a spoil sport. No, it no. does sound amazing. And, I, you know, maybe if I had the opportunity, I might rethink it. Right now, I'm just being a curmudgeon. Do what? you feel like you would have FOMO? I'm a space curmudgeon. <laughs> you know I would have FOMO, baby. Yeah. You know that about me. You know that about me. What if it was a huge spacecraft that's just ostensibly a conspiracy cruise yeah. that you got to take? <laughs> I don't know, man. I would be paranoid that we would just – someone would course correct us and we'd end up going into the sun. They still yeah. haven't figured out who drilled that hole in the ISS. Exactly. Oh, that's true. Well, you know, I, I would have to just say in answer to your question, yeah. I would do pretty much anything to be able to follow in Doc Rendezvous' shoes. Yes. Oh, we also have a new T-shirt out. <laughs> really cool. I didn't even know what a pocket tee was. It's apparently a tee where the design is like where the pocket goes. Yeah. It's as advertised. It's really cool. So I, I think our, our pals uh, who work with us in the T-shirt department, I, I think they sensed our cartoonish excitement over the nickname Dr. Buzz Rendezvous. That's right. Yeah. So now we have a shirt about it. Yeah, and you can check out our Tee Public store at tpublic.com slash S-T-D-W-Y-T-K. And there's an array of cool new designs now that I'm looking at that I haven't seen before. So check it out. This uh, new Dr. Rendezvous shirt is not up yet, but be looking for it in the near future. Ah, nice. yes, good save. And in the near future – Let's look at what the Chang'e 4 expects to accomplish. Ultimately, 
They want to do stuff that sets them up for success later on in this mission, which is an ongoing Star Trek-esque thing. First, this rover will measure the chemical compositions of lunar rocks and soils. It will measure lunar surface temperature while it's out in the field. It will carry out low-frequency radio astronomical observation and research using a radio telescope, which right now is going to be the envy of every astronomer on this planet because it is one of the quietest places to use this sort of telescope. Yeah, and what a cool idea just to get – as little interference as necessary. The um, the next thing, the next two things actually, looking at cosmic rays, that's cool. Some powerful things, cosmic rays. Uh, and then to study the solar corona and investigate the radiation that's coming off of the sun and uh, specifically to explore coronal mass ejections. Which is one of your uh, favorite doomsday scenarios. Yeah, exactly. So thank you. Thank you, everyone involved in this project for studying those because I do feel like that's going to be one thing that causes a massive issue at some point on this planet in the next hundred years. Now, we did a video on this a while back, but could you remind everybody what a CME is or maybe just what it does? Oh, sure. Uh, It's a, a mass of charged particles that get ejected from the sun. And they just head outwards. And if they head towards the Earth and they happen to run into Earth, they can do a lot of things. The One of the biggest things is that they affect – they have an effect that's kind of like what you hear as an – what is it? Um, EMP, electromagnetic pulse kind of thing where it will fry circuits essentially um, and just destroy anything that's electronic. On a callback to our pal Josh Clark's End of the World show, isn't that a potential existential risk? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's out there looming. Whenever you see sunspots like that are aimed at the Earth, Yay. I always think like – See, I don't even need to get shot into the sun with a spaceship to get fried by its mighty rays. Here in the United States, the sun shoots you. Exactly. That's good. That was my Russian uh, – Nailed United it. United States joke. Nailed That's it. That's a little more Brooklyn than Russia. Uh, I don't know what it was. <laughs> it's I don't know what it was. Siberia, Brooklyn. Uh, right? Sure, sure. Siberia by way of Brooklyn. Cybrooklyn. So – this this is important stuff, right? I, I think – did we mention that CMEs have occurred like in Canada in the oh, yeah. 1980s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There there's, have been some recorded instances of a CME and probably over the span of, of humanity, there have been CMEs that have occurred that we just didn't understand what they were at the time and they had some weird effects. Didn't have so many uh, transistors and you know CPUs back in the day. That would be affected fully, but elect, but electrical systems uh, like long wires that carry electricity, they can be affected as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The thing that makes the far side of the moon so attractive is the same thing that makes it so difficult to um, to get to or to communicate with. It's tough. You have to use that relay satellite, but the scientific payoff is huge. According to Tong Ji Liu, Deputy Director of the Lunar Exploration and Space Program Center for the China National Space Administration, again, SISNA, uh, the far side of the moon is shielded from electromagnetic interference from Earth, making it an ideal place to research the space environment and solar burst, and the probe can listen to the deeper reaches of the cosmos. They're burying the lead a little bit here because uh, for any fans of extraterrestrials UFO exploration in the audience, that is a clear indication that they may, may be capable of sensing some signal that would not ordinarily uh, be within our means to differentiate from the background noise. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's really cool. And it will be, of course, uh, gray aliens from uh, Andromeda, most right. likely. No, of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, and or reptilians from a different galaxy. Also Andromeda. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> I Seriously, I, I really hope. God, I hope. I feel like the reptilians are from some galaxy called like, you know, some weird name and then a number, you know, like <laughs> oh, sure. Quarkus 9 or something like that. Oh my gosh! Just yes, a thought. yes. And while oh, they're from the Draco constellation, yeah, right? Yeah. Got it. Got it. Obviously, right? Yep. 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 So, 
As we could assume from the name, the Chang'e 4 represents one of several steps in China's Lunar Exploration Program, or CLEP. It's a series of robotic, by which we mean unmanned missions to the lunar surface, and the name, as uh, we had mentioned before, pays homage to a Chinese goddess of the moon. The program spans multiple years. It's meant to be conducted in three phases of incremental technological advancement. You know, uh, Chang'e 4 is one in an iteration that doesn't end with 4 and it's kind of like Heinz 57 except there really are 56 other varieties, right? And the first thing they did was just to reach lunar orbit. Mm -hmm. They they said, let's just get something to orbit the moon without completely screwing it up. Yeah. And they did that 12 years ago almost Mm -hmm. in 2007. Mm-hmm, with the Chang'e 1 and its job was pretty simple. It was a success. It was such a success that it overstayed its welcome. It stayed in orbit until March of 2009 and then they launched the Chang'e 2, which is a, a pretty interesting pretty interesting thing because it didn't just do a typical lunar orbit, did it? Yeah, so the Chang'e 2 was an updated version of its predecessor with um, a lot of tech improvements, things like better onboard cameras, and um, the satellite uh, is currently in deep space as we speak and expected to return to Earth sometime in or around 2029, which is a very futuristic sounding date when you say it out loud. It really Mm -hmm. is. Yeah, but 1999 used to sound equally astonishing. Well, you know, hindsight is... 2020. There we go. It's 2029. So this is neat because it's traveling. The experiment here is to send this thing on a very far orbit and then have it return, right? And if we can – if our species can establish this proof of concept, then we will also uh, be able to potentially in the future send people further out. Yeah. If that fad ever comes back in style. The second – Phase is to land and rove around on the moon, as Chang'e 3 did in 2013 and Chang'e 4 did in January 2019. Uh, The Chang'e 3 in 2013 became the first object to land on the moon since the Soviet Union's Luna 24 in 1976. Officially, this um, objective of this was to achieve China's first soft landing and rover exploration on the moon, as well as, again, demonstrate, develop technology for future missions. It did a lot of lunar surveying. It measured the lunar crust to a depth of several hundred meters. It also discovered a new type of rock. So go you, number three. That's sweet. Nice work, Chang'e 3. I have a quick question for yeah. you guys. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about the idea of sending humans to outer space as being like a fad, and, and I think that's funny and also true because we think of that being the only way to, to do space or exploration. But obviously the technology is such that we don't have to risk the human lives to do the work and get the data. Is Can you think of a reason why it would become back in style or, you know, like important for the mission to send humans rather than uh, rovers and, um, you know, other remote controlled things? To construct the lunar colony and then eventually have all of the colonists there. Unless we were doing a full AI colony, which could be interesting. So it would be more like construction stuff. I mean, like, you know, there's really no reason to have humans out there digging for samples when you can have like a a robot do it just as effectively, if not more so, right? Right. One of the big pieces here would also be having – it would also be the advantage of having a person on the ground to repair machinery. Hmm. which uh, machines can't quite do yet. But ultimately, the whole goal with sending people up there in exploratory um, occupations is to build, as you said, Matt, a lasting non-Earth presence for humanity to start to seed the solar system and then later maybe eventually the galaxy. Unless that already happened before and we are an uh, unknowing result or consequence of that earlier action. It's been happening since 1947, my brother. (laughs) Cool, bro. You ever tried DMT? No, several times. Big fans of the Joe Rogan show. (laughs) So so that that leads us to the Chang'e 4. That's where we're at now. But where are we going? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. In my eyes, like a okay, okay, copyright, Jesus. Copyright, dude. Oh, I wonder... <laughs> Man, and then I, there's Crash Into Me. I think yeah, that's they, a creepy song. That's a, yeah. That's a hike your skirt, skirt to the mall, show your world to me. Yes, and that song. In a boy's dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, what were you, you going to say? The song was uh, an example of a hard landing rather than a soft ooh, landing. Ooh. Get it? Yeah. Works both ways. Hot okay. takes. Hot All takes. Right. Matt Frederick. <laughs> the new podcast from How Stuff Works. It's also a song that's kind of like. A stalker, right? Is, is it hot takes with Matt Frederick, but we're still on the show with you? Yeah. I think that's cool. Hot takes and cool shakes. Yep. Hot takes, cool shakes. Where we eat a different milkshake uh-huh. every day. And then just say catty things about current events. Yeah, that's right. How about this? Hot takes, cool shakes, rare steaks. Oh, all of those together? Yeah. That's a man's, that's a man's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> And cool vapes. Cool vapes. All right, I'm on that Paul, show. Our, uh, Brought super, to you by Jewel. Our <laughs> super producer, Paul Deccan, just suggested, uh, what was it again, Paul? Uh, Paul said, hot takes and cool vapes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The I earthquakes. Like yeah. I like that. We'll blow clouds while we blow minds. I and, quake with anticipation to, to see what's next in the story. And a slant rhyme here, mm-hmm. speaking of segue, would be hot takes, 
Cool Vapes, Rare Stakes, Deep Space. Mm. And the third step in this plan is to collect lunar samples from the near side of the moon and just, send them back to Earth. Just jumping in. Yeah, Do it. Just Do going it. in. Uh, this is a task for Chang'e 5 and the Chang'e 6 missions, and they get more and more advanced. Uh, eventually, so the the big game changers are going to be Chang'e 7 and 8 because – Chang'e 8 will hopefully include a 3D printing mechanism to begin fabricating structures uh, that people will eventually live in on the moon. And it, like uh, its predecessor, will carry a small sealed ecosystem with it to see how things grow. Over the long term, this is meant to bring people – initially it will be scientists – but eventually – It will just be a breeding population to bring human beings to the moon and build a permanent outpost somewhere near the lunar south pole. Overall, this seems uh, to be a well-planned out, ambitious, yet reasoned push to expand human knowledge. China came very late to the space race. Their first satellite was launched in 1970, well after uh, human beings officially landed on the moon. But China has invested billions of dollars in the space race ever since. And it shows. Go humanity, right? Yeah. Go humanity. Let's all get to the moon first and build a base first. Right. Some critics believe there's more to the story and here's where it gets crazy. Mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. The CLEP program has raised alarms in other space programs, NASA, Jackson, so on, as well as countries across the planet And with good reason. This isn't just paranoid Cold War thinking. It goes back to what we would call the militarization of space, which is against the closest thing we have to global law, right? And the problem is that a lot of the things you could develop for peaceful exploration are also things you could use for non-peaceful purposes. It's called dual-use technology. So when – you guys remember back when – back when there was that – Uh, cover story about the existence of weapons of mass destruction to justify adventurism in the Middle East. What? That happened? (laughs) Well, one of the big concerns there was the idea of dual-use technology, the same enrichment process you use to build um, a relatively safe nuclear power plant is – the same enrichment process you use to build weapons, but the the only thing that really changes is the number of iterations, right? That the number of times you go through that process, and in a way, space technology is similar. Although laws prevent the militarization of space, these are pretty tough to enforce, right? I mean, what are you gonna? What, what are you gonna? Are you gonna send the cops? Yeah, the space cops. We don't even have Space Force yet. Not yet. Did you hear about the Steve Carell show, Space Force, that's yes. coming out? Yeah, it's like going to be like The Office, but in space. I hear tell, and I'm trying not to get too excited about. Why it. Why isn't that just the Orville? <laughs> I think the Orville is much more it's of a Star, Star Trek-y Trek kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah, okay. I've heard it's great. So I haven't seen it. I've seen it. It's good. Yeah. So this will just be The Office in space. I, that, well, that's what I. That, that was the the, the one line pitch. That's obviously the lowest hanging fruit type show for Steve Carell to do. But I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Let us know if you think it's going to be a bomb or uh, if you think it's it's going to be a new age in space-based comedy. Speaking I, of TV shows. Yes. True Detective season three. Oh, yeah. Are you caught up? Dude, it's really good. It is good. It's really, really good because I did not like the second season. It lost me and I wanted to like it. I nah. was really trepidatious about season three, but I think it's Fantastic. People would have liked the second season if it was not billed as True Detective Season 2. If it had just been like, look at Vince Vaughn, again looking as though he needs to sleep, (laughs) which is how Vince Vaughn often looks. He's a hardworking guy. He's a hardworking dude. So one way nations have historically tried to ease these tensions, you know, try to relax and chill out a bit, is through scientific collaboration, international assistance with research funding and manufacturing. We see this happen in Antarctica and the South Pole here. Researchers stay at the compounds of other nations all the time, right? That's why we I, we did that episode, didn't we, on what happens uh, if someone commits a murder into Antarctica? Yeah. It gets complicated. We did really that quickly. on Ridiculous History. Actually. We did that? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So it is worth checking out. The answer is not simple. The problem here is that 
we can't have the scientific collaboration that eases concerns about dual-use technology because there's a U.S. law from 2011 that bans any official contact with Chinese space officials. This exacerbates the already thick tensions and miasma of mistrust. Wow. And that is why in uh, recent history, um, Vice President Michael Pence, he went to the Pentagon this was in January as well, and he accused China and Russia of developing technologies and weapons to target U.S. satellites and whoosh, whoosh, working to bring new weapons of war into space itself. Mm. Yeah, because nobody acts aggressively on their own, right? We're always acting in defense of something. Why would you guys take weapons of mass destruction into space while we're doing it too? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no proof that but, we're doing that. But. but it leads to ulterior motives. Well, I mean, what is the X-37B doing up there, right? That is the unmanned spacecraft that has orbited for more than 180 days before. No one officially knows what it's doing. So what if there are ulterior motives to the newest uh, the, the newest forays into space by China? What are they, to quote Tom Waits, building up there? This builds on the concern about the militarization of space and the next question becomes more specific. What, what are they making? One guess would be a potentially massive resource mining business because China could potentially make an enormous windfall by transporting fusion-ready helium-3. This is something that was new to me. Were you guys aware of this? We – I believe we talked about it on – a moon episode a while ago or with the Mars episode maybe mm -hmm. with Marshall Brain. I can't remember. Or maybe I've just learned about this. God, I don't know. I thought I talked with you about this, Ben. Um, helium-3, a massive source for future fuel, like what we're going to probably be using. And the moon has a whole heck of a lot of it. Yeah, helium-3 is a, is a very um – tasty nuclear fuel because there are no neutrons generated as a product of the reaction and the protons that do get generated have charge and they can be safely contained using electromagnetic fields. So yeah, I think you I think you are right. We did we did talk a little bit about this maybe with the good Mr. Brain. People once imagined that Saturn or Jupiter would be the right place to get your hands on some on some helium-3, but now it looks like China has their sights set on the moon. And we have a quote about how much stuff might be up there. This comes from Extreme Tech, and it says, uh, although the sun dispenses ample amounts of helium-3, wherever it blows, the Earth is largely shielded from this windfall by its own magnetic field. Um, and the little we do have is mostly generated by various terrestrial processes like cosmic ray bombardment and even relic sources from leftover nuclear warheads. Um, the moon, on the other hand, is a far more concentrated depot with up to 5 million tons conveniently embedded in its top surface layer. So it's not even that difficult to mine it. No. No. It's not, it's not buried deep in the lunar surface. But guys, you're changing the moon if you take that stuff off. You know what I'm saying? The like, moonscape? If you mine enough of this helium-3, mm -hmm. what are you going to do to the not only the composition of the moon, but also, oh, the, I don't know, the mass of the moon. <laughs> if we mine it the way <laughs> we, you know, we take down trees in the Amazon, uh -huh. like, oh, good Lord. What are we going to have, a hollow moon? You know, I get the feeling that you're 30% joking. Yes. But 70% <laughs> uh, raising a legit concern, right? Yeah. It's true. It's that that's one ulterior motive, and it's potentially uh, it potentially could be a, an ecological disaster or an astronomical disaster, perhaps. Uh, because I, you know, I, I wonder would they ever actually mine so much of a resource off the moon? Would humanity ever mine so much of a thing off the moon that it does affect its mass and its orbit? I can't imagine that, seems, that it would happen any time in the near future. And by that, I mean hundreds and hundreds of years. But still, we would be mining it for a while. We, why would we stop mining it unless we could at least prove that, oh, it's going to crash into the earth now? <laughs> right. Or, you know, we're going to change the tides X amount because of this. And I can't even imagine helium having enough of an effect on any of that stuff, just with the amount of mass it has in volume and all that. But what if that's a um, 
What if that's a cover story as well? What if the mining is a cover story? What if they're looking for something else? According to one of the United Kingdom's favorite uh, tabloids, Mm -hmm. The Sun, last year, 2018, a guy named Carl Wolf, a technician at the Air Force Tactical Air Command headquarters in Langley, Virginia, claimed to have discovered artificial structures on the far side of the moon. Go on. (laughs) They found strange shapes and images taken by the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter, a probe that circled the moon since back in 2009. And according to Wolf, These were structures that were definitely not created by natural means such as meteors or ancient collisions with other heavenly bodies. He believes that the structures were, quote, created by intelligent beings. Most noticeable uh, was what looked like radar antennas, very similar to what you could see on Earth. Hold on. Yeah. What is going on here? This is a gentleman that appears to have some credentials from the Air Force Tactical Air Command headquarters. That is saying these things? Mm-hmm. No. Why? No. What? Does that mean we've been here before? Someone has been here before and set up all of, like, maybe a base is already there. What? What is happening, you guys? I, you know what? I'm going to let let that simmer because I have an update for that, but I was, I wanted to save it for the end of the show. Is that okay? Okay. It's going to be a weird update. Okay. Just want everybody to know going in, it's going to be a weird one. But for now, let's just remember that. Carl Wolf, technician, Air Force Tactical Air Command, totally believes there are structures of some sort that did not occur naturally that exist on the far side of the moon. And have evidence from pictures. Yes, and has, uh, in his opinion, visual evidence. Oh, guys, let's take a quick pause and then have a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from ATT Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. ATT Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit ATT.com slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. 
Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back with more for you about returning to the moon. There are other people who argue that uh, that maybe we're opening a door we shouldn't open. There are some conspiracy theorists who say that the probe could put us all in mortal danger, arguing that alien races living on the moon, just to go with us here for a second, uh, could see the landing as an act of war against their species, potentially with devastating consequences. Other people believe that the dark side of the moon is peppered by craters left by secret NASA military bombings. Okay. Bombing. Wait, you mean like from when we tried to blow up the moon? Yeah. Yep. Or when we tried to blow up the alien races that are living uh-huh. on the moon. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, no, 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 no. But there was that whole story where we were trying to intimidate other countries by shooting missiles at the moon that would make a big cloud they could yeah. see to demonstrate our superiority. Didn't, is this, did I make this up? This is a no, thing. that's true. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that really happened. It never got past the planning stages, but that's what, that's right. Mr. They actually do that's what Mr. Show was referencing yeah. in their famous blow up the moon sketch. So you're saying there are craters that possibly were left by some version of what we're talking about that did happen? Uh, people, there are yeah. people who believe it. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Interesting. I, I myself, um, it's, I, I'm of the opinion that it seems like a lot of trouble to go to. Right, especially given the propaganda value, you would want to detonate something like that on the Earth-facing side. Yeah, but if you were an alien community or an, an extraterrestrial community living existing on that dark side of the moon, would be pretty advantageous. Oh and yeah, it'd be dope. You're not going to be found. You're not getting. You know, you can actually make your own radio programs and not get interrupted by all the noise. Mm-hmm. This. This theory first arose in 2009 after NASA deliberately fired a rocket and satellite into the lunar surface. They said it was an attempt to kick up moon dust so they could analyze this uh, debris from Earth and determine if the moon held any water. So that's, that's, their, that's their story. All right. <laughs> Matt <laughs> – Matt, are you over the lies of big NASA? No, it's just not as much fun. That's if true. That's all it is. We're going to look at a cloud, study its content. But it's important if you want to build a colony on the moon. This is the more long-term question and it reminds uh, reminds me at least of that Marshall Brain episode where he walked us through his thought experiment on how to set up a Martian society. He um he had some he, he had some pretty articulated social theories, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that's almost inescapable, whether you're talking the moon or Mars, is that after some amount of time, any actual self-sustaining non-Earth colony will eventually, inevitably, become an independent entity. Kind of like the, the colonies in North and South America when it used to be called the New World. The cost of transportation and governance eventually became too high for the European powers and the terrestrial overlords of the future will also have a tough time maintaining control unless they bake in some specific unchangeable dependencies. They probably won't rule the moon for long. Maybe they would have to do something like be the gatekeepers of food supply, right, or be able to turn off the air or something. Yeah, but then that all changes as soon as the colony is self-sustaining and you're growing plants in some kind of biosphere thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, quickly the the colony becomes in control of itself. Yeah, if the colony doesn't collapse under its own um, the the weight of its own social functioning, right? I mean, look, we've all seen Biodome. It is a harrowing exploration of the human psyche. Really is almost <laughs> <Yeah>. a documentary. <laughs> almost a documentary. Uh, I believe the future will prove it to be so. Right? I squeeze the juice. <laughs> Wheeze the juice, dog. Sorry, whatever. He's still out there. He's wheezing the juice to this day. So there's that was a, from Encino Man too, by the way. I know. So you're, I you're don't mixing care. up all your polish shorts. Did he do both of those? Yeah. Didn't he just have the set catchphrases that he said in every film? No, that I don't think so. I think wheezing the juice was pretty specifically an Encino Man thing. Where they go to the, the convenience store and they terrorize that poor 
clerk by wheezing the juice, which is basically theft because they're just stealing Slurpee juice. And it's very unsanitary. He's just putting his mouth right on the Slurpee nipple. It really is. But they probably faked a lot of that, right? The cashier was a paid actor. They didn't actually break into a thing. Wait, you're saying Cena Man wasn't a documentary? It is not. No, it's not. It's a uh, speculative nonfiction. I see. (laughs) If that feels better. This leads us to one of the last questions about the uh, lunar landing. The Chinese lunar landing project, which is, of course, we all saw this coming. Did they fake it? The rumors about a hoax were started by a guy named Scott C. Waring of UFO Sightings Daily, and he said, I guess China may have decided since NASA faked the first Apollo moon landing and got away with it, then China wanted in on it too. And he supports his evidence by doing the same thing that Carl Wolf did, which is saying, look at the original photo. You'll see there are no other lines in the entire giant panoramic photo. OMG, this is so very disappointing. Note the lack of moon rocks on the entire surface of the moon, which is exactly what the first Apollo moon landing also showed, a sign of being faked on a stage. What? I know. For him, this is like a smoking, smoking gun. And as we mentioned before... A lot of people, a surprising amount of people got behind this because, you know, 21 million people in the U.S. alone still believe the moon landings were faked for one reason or another. And if you were one of those 21 million people, uh, we'd love to hear your story. You can write to us directly. Uh, You can find us on the Instagrams, the Twitters, and the Facebooks. But where does this leave us all now? Here we are. Now it's the beginning of 2019 as we record this. Things are about to go nuts and bananas on our uh, nearest rocky relative out there in orbit. Nuts and bananas on the moon? Nuts and bananas on the moon, yeah. We've never uh, thought about pairing those with a cheese unless it was like a fine brie maybe. Moon cheese? Yeah, isn't the moon made out of cheese? Well, moon cheese is a very specific snack available at your local Starbucks. Uh and health food stores, I think. Yeah, and the moon is probably made out of uh, cheese with a very high helium three content. So you, <laughs> I don't Ooh. know. I don't know what what, uh, what side of the argument that puts you on yeah. now, Matt. But I, I just want you to be aware of that. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> no, but you're right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going. It's going to get very busy up on the moon, and it's cool to think that in the next twenty years, like the the timelines that um, are mapped out for the Chengi. I guess the program and then as well as the United States trying to get up there, it's around 2030-something, I think, when all this stuff will be completed if you look at the U.S. and China. Mm -hmm. That's not that far away. And we could possibly see lunar colonies. That is still mind-blowing to me. But all kidding aside, um, Beijing is careful to stress that everything it's doing on the moon at this point and everything that's planning, it's all – peaceful motives. They're doing it with peaceful motives um, in exploring space. However, I mean, we we have to just, we have to remember that the United States views China and Russia as a potential threat to national security. Right. And um, that's why our current president, Donald Trump, he called for the establishment of a space force by 2020. A space force? Noel, that sounds familiar. I'm excited about it. All right. Yeah, the the problem is that most of this stuff, again, you can say that you're developing it for peaceful means all the live long day. It doesn't it doesn't take away the fact that one really could turn it into turn some of these technologies into weapons of war. The U.S. and other would-be spacefaring nations obviously don't want to be left out or caught defenseless. That is why on December 11th, the 45th anniversary of the Apollo 17 lunar landing, a.k.a. the last time people walked on the moon, President Trump signed the Space Policy Directive 1. It directs NASA to take astronauts to the moon with the help of the U.S. commercial space industry. So SpaceX, Elon Musk, I'm sure, is up in there. Uh, Yet there is – very little detail on exactly how and when this might happen and how much the White House will spend. And in the meantime, the clock is ticking. Would you like to hear that last somewhat unpleasant update? 
Yes, I do. But I do want to add this one yes. bit of information that yes. I got from NASA.gov. Uh-huh. They've got a, a graphic that has the exploration campaign written out up until 2030. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gives you a timeline, but none of this stuff is solid. And it's all basically what we hope to achieve. But right. you, and you can find it uh, on there. When you have to aim for the stars quite literally in this, in this instance. Here is, the, here is the weird update. That guy, Carl Wolf, who said that he had seen pictures of a secret alien base on the dark side of the moon during his time as a sergeant at Langley in 1965. Okay. Uh, In, I want to say, October of 2018 or somewhere thereabouts, uh, he was killed. He was struck by a tractor trailer riding his bicycle Mm. on October 10th, actually. And... Police were investigating the incident, but there were no charges filed. The sheriff refrained from releasing the driver's name. Uh, this this is someone who had contacted Dr. Stephen Greer as well. Oh, our buddy Steve Greer. Mm-hmm. He was uh, – Carl Wolf was in and of this world, but at this time, authorities do not suspect foul play. But he, he, uh, he did unfortunately pass away. So for some people, that's going to indicate that he was a whistleblower. For other people, it's just going to indicate how dangerous traffic is. The choice is up to you. Wow. Well, now I'm going to go and find myself researching that for the next at least nine hours. Yes. Sorry, Matt. It's okay. I should have opened with that. But we want to hear from you. Do you think the space race is a noble thing? Do you think the countries involved are being transparent in their motives? Is uh, the government of China setting up a massive mining operation or something more sinister? Or is this innocuous and everybody's just being alarmist? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can see our community page. Here's where it gets crazy, where you will meet our favorite part of the show, your fellow listeners. If you want to get up in uh, me and Ben's personal business, you can check me out at Embryonic Insider on Instagram. And I am at Ben Bolin on Instagram in a burst of creativity. And you will never find me on Instagram. <laughs> I can't even find you. I have an account, but you'll never find it. Uh, that's very on brand for Matt Frederick, though. I appreciate that about you. I'm only kidding. It's like my name, HSW or something. You can find it, but, you know, don't follow me. Or whatever you do on Instagram. Follow yourself. Be your Follow your hearts. Okay? Follow yeah. your hearts and your nose to the delicious taste of Fruit Loops. You can also call us if you want to leave us a, uh, a message. I might just make it on the air. We are 1-833-STDWYTK. Yeah. Why do we start doing this unison thing? I, I kind of missed the boat early on. And I should, is it a thing now? This is our it thing. It is a bit of a thing. Dig it. All right. It's I'm into fun. it. Okay. It's a good thing. I'm on board, guys. Somebody is listening and they're, they're saying that along with us. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Oh, thank you, Carl. If none of that quite launches your rocket or finds your uh, extraterrestrials or builds your moon colony, you guys see where I'm going with this. Have no worries, friends and neighbors. You can email us your stories and feedback directly. We are conspiracy at HowStuffWorks.com. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.